Hello from sunny Austin, Texas, and welcome to the Healthcare Soothsayer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bonnie Clipper, and yes, I am a nurse. I have worked for more than 30 years as a nurse, chief nurse executive, innovation strategist, and speaker. I am grateful for the opportunities to have created nationally recognized programs and for building the framework to bring 4 million nurses from across the country into the innovation space. I get to connect regularly with healthcare leaders and frontline professionals to talk about ways to improve patient outcomes, access, cost efficiencies, and clinical workflows. I have taken the message of Nursing Innovation International and look forward to continuing this message to transform healthcare. This podcast will bring you thought leaders and ideas that you may not have heard otherwise. This is their opportunity to share with you what they see in their crystal ball through their unique lens and perspective in healthcare and what we can anticipate as a result. Hi, I'm Dr. Bonnie Clipper. Welcome from sunny Austin, Texas. Today with me, I have Kurt Roberts, CEO and Market Executive for Cornerstone Hospitals of Austin and Round Rock. Hey, Kurt, how are you today? Fine. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So glad you're here. Let's talk a little bit about the space that you're in and what you see coming down the road. Sure. So uh, Cornerstone Specialty Hospitals of Austin and Round Rock are long-term acute care hospitals. And it's a misleading term because when people hear the words long-term, they immediately think long-term care. So they think uh, skilled nursing facilities or nursing homes. In fact, we're actually quite the opposite. We are high-acuity critical care specialty hospitals. And if that setting of care is executed correctly, what it does is aggressively recover patients that have significant comorbidities, acute comorbidities. Um, you're talking about ICU level of care, you know, intermediate care, and of course, med surge. But what we do is take the patients that have been in a hospital, a general hospital, for several days, sometimes weeks, and sometimes, unfortunately, uh, months. And we take these profoundly weak and uh, complicated patients and restore them to, you know, the best, the best new version of their life that they can be. It's a very difficult process. Uh, you have to be very good, uh, not only medically, but you also have to care for these patients from the heart. Because unlike many patients in general hospitals, you know, we have a longer time to connect with these patients. And so oftentimes we can get our patients to uh, trust us better than what you might be able to do in a general hospital because they just don't have the time. So it's an exciting place to work. You know, it's a very meaningful place to work. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the space we operate in. And, you know, approximately... Oh, uh, three to five percent of all inpatients would qualify for long-term acute care services. So it's not it's not a large space, but for the patients that need us, it's a very important space and a very important space. So some of the things that I see coming in our particular space, it's it's really interesting. You know, it's well documented how expensive hospital care is. And it is true that long-term acute care or critical care, specialty care, is very expensive, uh, which is not a real popular dynamic if you're an insurance company or even a 
So uh, it is a very necessary setting of care. So as we move towards value-based payment methodologies and um, applicated uh, payment pilot programs and, and, and all those other, what I would think is very, very admirable directions and initiatives, you know, it really does make one wonder, you know, what happens to an expensive specialty hospital? What does that look like? And so within the broader scope of what we're seeing in population health and bundled payments and, you know, even consumerism, uh, when you're talking about the, the patient being more in charge of their own healthcare decisions, even with handheld devices, and we could go on and on about that, but you know, it really does make one wonder what the future of this setting of care looks like. And so a few years ago, I started really thinking about that. And, you know, it made me wonder, what is the customer, what is the end customer or consumer, the patient, you know, what do they really want? And that answer is, is never to be a customer of ours. Like no one in their right mind would want, you know, come to the hospital, whether it's a general hospital or, you know, a, a hospital like the ones I operate. So, you know, what do they really want? So, Dr. Klepper, what do you think they really want? You know, I'm I'm curious because I I agree completely. They want to stay out of your facility and not be there. And once they're there, I'm not sure how different your population is from other hospitals, where it seems like they want very personalized or customized care. Certainly, the goal is to get home and functional as soon as possible, and looking for quality care from people that actually want to be there or are empathetic and compassionate with good nurses, good physicians, good physical therapists, you know, good speech therapists. So it's interesting that you guys continue to get busier and busier and that patients are really looking uh, for an option in long-term acute care. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting though, you know, no one, no one wants to come to the hospital, but if they, if they need to, they want all the things you just said. That's, that's absolutely correct. But so, so as we look at trends that, that are clearly pushing, you know, pushing us away from hospitals being full of patients that are mildly acute, you know, or facing mildly acute uh, conditions or patients that have for years been having heart procedures and discharging, uh, you know, 24 hours later or, you know, and so on and so on. We've seen this real push away from the hospital. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a, a good thing as long as we've safely recovered the patient to the point that they can move on. However, if someone does need acute care, whether it's in our hospitals or general hospitals, they do need it to be very effective. And so when I really thought about what a patient actually wants is if they have an illness and you can't get past that dynamic in their life, and they do in fact need a hospital like ours, we need to do a very good job of treating their conditions that are preventing them from re-entering the community and getting them back to the community because that's where they want to be and keeping them there. And that's the real trick. That's where I see uh, an exciting opportunity that I don't think a whole, whole lot of people are talking about. 
And if they talk about it, they're talking about it in terms of, you know, savings they might bring to an insurance plan or, or whatnot, which is, you know, understandable. But when you really think about what people want is they want to stay successful in their homes. They want to be with their friends and families and not have to return back to you. And that's a really interesting paradigm, too, because then you are really partnering with the patient, not only to get them well, but to keep them well and keep them out of your facility. So it feels this is really that value based proposition, you know, discussion in terms of we need to move away from making money only when people are ill and in our hospitals and instead have the incentive of getting them better and allowing them to function and stay home. That's right. That's cool. That's right. So here's the here's the interesting part. So for years, various various organizations, whether it's payers or hospital systems or or you know uh, aggregations of physicians or other providers, you know everyone's in pursuit of this you know well managed continuum of healthcare. And if you say to yourself that it's your goal to be known as the hospital. That if you're a patient here, we'll work hard to keep you successful in the, the community. Um, you you immediately confront the fact that you cannot do it by yourself. Um, so you have to have the participation of the organizations that you discharge your patients to. And that's not revolutionary in and of itself. I mean, uh, you know, preferred networks have been around long enough to be you know exhaustingly ineffective in my view, but, uh, you know, so what we did was, is we created our own uh, informal network at, that our, our specialty hospitals are the starting point. So, you know, if you go back to what I described as our typical patient, uh, if you looked at our patients in any risk stratification model, they would certainly be in that, you know, 20% that causes you 80% of your expenses if you're a healthcare plan. They would certainly be those that would be considered high utilizers and certainly be considered very high risk for readmissions or, you know, entry back into the healthcare system. And to your point, you know, unfortunately, we only get paid right now if they come back to us. So there's zero financial incentive on the face of the problem to concern yourself with coordinating patients care long after they they leave you. Um, because there's no money in it. No one pays you to do that, really. Uh, it's certainly not on the hospital level. So we decided it was we, we could look deeper than the face of that particular dynamic and, and actually say to ourselves, well, if we accept the notion that there's always going to be a group of the inpatient population, a percentage of the inpatient population, that whether we want it to be true or not, require our specialized services, they, you know, these high-risk, high-utilizers uh, types of patients, maybe even you could consider them highly non-compliant, then, you know, if those people are going to exist, whether we want them to or not, then we might want to think about getting really good at treating those patients and keeping them successful in the community. Then your brand, and here's where the money comes in. Here's how you get paid for it in the current environment. Your brand then becomes... Hey, if you happen to be one of these patients, guess what? You need to go to this organization because they don't just treat you while you're with them. They work on your case 
long after you're gone. So what we did was about three years ago, uh, COVID has put a, a significant cramp in this uh, whole process. But what we did was three years ago, assemble this informal network or the beginnings of it. And we started requiring that they meet weekly with us to discuss all of our shared patients real time. And, uh, and you know, it was it's surprising to me how often I have to remind the group what the purpose of our meeting is, because most healthcare professionals are not groomed to think about patient care in these terms. They just want the next referral. They want to make sure that the patient doesn't fall or other good or other outcomes are good while they're in a particular organization's care. So I had to remind them every the beginning of every meeting and, and still do, frankly, that the point of this meeting is not to discuss discharge options, not to get another referral. It is solely based upon keeping our shared patients either on track to be successful in the community or remain successful in the community. And it's been really exciting. Um, and it was it's it's been really, really cool to see them. Because, you know, you're talking about a room full of competitors and that's just the reality of it. But to see them finally transcend uh, the, you know, understandable self-interest competitive nature that, you know, if you have two long term care facilities in the same room, they both want the referral that's coming from your hospital. But to see those competitors congratulate each other on a good job and um, us to actually actually become, start becoming successful in keeping very high risk for readmission patients successful in the community. We, we, we've got some going on years now that was just, you know, a turnstile of the, the ER. So, um, you know, I think that since no one pays you to do that at the moment, um, you know, we're probably a little ahead of, ahead of our time, but I, I would love to see that dynamic grow. And I think that it can grow because um, we certainly have the room for it, um, because whenever I'm involved directly with any network, uh, preferred network, um, you know, activities or initiatives, uh, whenever I'm observing any bundled payment programs or they're just woefully short. I mean, I'm in one network that it's taken us two and a half years to get our IT platform, our software patient tracking software platform implemented. So, you know, I don't know how we accelerate it, uh, but certainly it's something that we're doing here. And, you know, it's it's really nice to, to know you're doing the right thing because that's actually what the patient wants. Well, and I think you're describing issues that we have in healthcare across the board that we all have to get so much faster and so much better at. So tell me how this process is changing the outcomes for your patients. Well, so you'll never win them all, but we don't see a lot of repeat customers. And you might think, well, <laughs> that's not a good thing. But in this case, it's a great thing, actually. You know, we we want to have done a great job while they're in our care and then not need us anymore. That's what everybody wants. And so that's that's part of the dynamic. You know, our our initial hunch was was correct in that, you know, we are becoming known for people who take very, very difficult medical cases and do a really good job with them. That seems to stick, not just, 
you know, do our part, take our check and move, move them on down the line without a thought of what happens to them beyond that. So that's definitely changed in our, our, our own dynamic. But, you know, I, there's one point I forgot to make um, is that if you want to affect what happens to a, a patient once they leave you, you have to have the information as close to real time as possible. So in other words, if you discharge a patient on Friday evening and you don't know because you have no coordination with home, the home health services that you, di- that you uh, work with uh, when you discharge a patient home, if you are not aware that they have uncontrolled pain at 11 o'clock at night on a Sunday evening, you have no way of preventing that patient from going back to the ER. And in fact, they 100% of the time will do it. We'll do precisely that. So the real trick um, or the real holy grail that we're striving for is how do you have that information quick enough as close to real time in order to actually affect the outcome for that patient? And once they enter the community and leave the uh, medical system overall, you know, we seem to always be a day late and a dollar short. It's always some ad hoc, let's look at the the 10 readmissions we had this past month and, and read it, read the fact pattern like it's the newspaper and I'll talk about it as though that's going to, I mean, there's certainly lessons to be learned in, in that type of exercise, but it's not going to affect anybody going forward unless you know pertinent information as close to real time as possible. And that's a real trick. And I think there's an opportunity for many organizations to try to bring about, you know, the in-home monitoring uh, industry, all this stuff is to bring about how to move relevant clinical and well, not just clinical, even psychosocial uh, information as close to real time to someone who could actually prevent the patient needing to reenter the medical system. Yeah, well, and that's an interesting little quandary in and of itself because there are a variety of companies out there that do a very, very good job, very effective job at remote monitoring. It's it, one of the biggest impediments is just the cost, right? How do you build yep. that into a system? Who pays for that? You know, certainly there's a great return on investment there, but eventually somebody is uh, going to be ponying up the capital equipment and the operating expenses for a system like that to, to be effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, but what would be what would be really interesting or, or just occurs to me and, and additionally, rather than uh, instead, is is there a way to use existing, you know, maybe we're not there yet. Maybe the handheld thing is too obvious. But, you know, to the extent we could use existing technology and stuff that's already available to 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 perform that function. I don't, I don't, I certainly don't have the answer or um, I would be, you know, living in the South of France by now. So, right. (laughs) Wow. Well, I so appreciate it though. This is a really different vantage point than most of us here because we tend to hear about the acute care part that people think of in the very large hospitals and, and medical centers. So I appreciate you sharing this perspective with us today. Well, it's certainly been a pleasure to be here. And where can people find you on social media? Yeah, so um, on Facebook, uh, we're at, um, of course, I'm Kurt Roberts, uh, C-U-R-T, Roberts, R-O-B-E-R-T-S. And uh, both our hospitals have Facebook pages at Cornerstone Specialty Hospital Austin and Cornerstone Specialty 
hospitals of Round Rock. Uh, if you do go there, be sure and scroll down till you get to our dance videos that we did for Hospital Week. They're pretty funny. Um, and then I can be found on LinkedIn at uh, just under Kurt Roberts. And of course, it'll say that I'm with Cornerstone Healthcare Group. Awesome. That's that's great. Thank you so much. And thanks for your time today, Kurt. Really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate being here and good luck to all of you. And thanks for listening and be sure to use innovation to your advantage. Thanks so much for listening to Healthcare Soothsayers. I really do appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review and share it with your network. That is how we grow and learn. If you have ideas for show topics or guests, please reach out to me directly at ThoughtLeaderRN on Twitter. For information about this show or any of the others in the Touchpoint Media Network, please check them out at touchpoint.health.